This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Holocaust hero and survivor Corey Tinboom once wrote, God has no problems, only plans. One of the most comforting truths of the Christian walk is the knowledge that God is in control of each moment and is ordering his plans in our life. It's a truth that has given me much solace amid the twists and turns of my wife Georgia's cancer journey. However, that comfort can sometimes be threatened when our lives are turned upside down by calamity and chaos. But as we'll see today in Matthew 26, if God is ordering the darkest moments of history, then we can take heart knowing that our days are directed as well. Verses 31 through 34 of Matthew 26 read, Then Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will fall away because of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, Even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, Tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. What is so striking about Matthew 26 is how every moment seems to be executed like clockwork, even amid tremendous and terrible tragedy. The whole chapter unfolds masterfully like a script over and above the malaise of tragedy and seemingly difficult moments that are spiraling out of control. Now Matthew purposefully sets these events next to one another to show us how each instance of these final moments leading to the cross, was explicitly planned and deliberately executed to fulfill the promises of the prophets and the predictions of the Messiah himself. The chapter begins with Jesus telling the disciples, In two days I'm going to celebrate the Passover with you, and then be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests assembled to conspire against Jesus according to that plan. Then a woman anoints Jesus. John chapter 12 tells us it was Mary. When the disciples criticize her gift, Jesus reminds them that she has done this in preparation for his burial. And then Judas secretly comes to the chief priest who had just been conspiring to do what Jesus had been telling them all along was going to happen. As they are observing the Passover, Jesus predicts that Judas will betray him. It is at this Passover meal where God institutes the sacrificial lamb to save the people from the judgment of God on sin. Go all the way back to the book of Exodus, and we see that this meal would require these Jews to remember that the lamb was to be slain for their redemption from their slavery. And that is what is about to happen. Jesus at that moment reveals to them that he is indeed the lamb that was to be slain. His blood would be the new covenant that would save them from the judgment of God and redeem them from the slavery of sin. 
Jesus predicts that all these men would betray him according to the prophecy of Zechariah 13.7, which reads, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Peter rebukes the Lord and protests, but Jesus prophesies that before the rooster crows, he would deny the Lord three times. In verses 47 through 49, Judas betrays the Lord just as he had predicted. In verses 57 to 67, Jesus is falsely accused, mocked, ridiculed, and rejected according to prophecy, and eventually sentenced to death just as he had promised his disciples at the beginning of this chapter would happen. Verses 69 to 75 have Peter denying the Lord three times before the rooster crows, just as Jesus had predicted. And here's what I want you to see. Every moment, every planned coincidence, points us to one crystal clear truth. God was in complete control of the situation amid apparent chaos. He even tells us this in verses 52 through 54. After Peter had jumped up and tried to cut off the head of one of the servants, Jesus' response to Peter was, put your sword back in its place, because all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Don't you think that I can call on my father and he will provide me here now more than 12 legions of angels? How would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? It was all going off like clockwork. Amid this scene, Matthew omits what Mark and Luke point out, namely the resurrection of Lazarus. Now that's a pretty good thing to miss. Why would Matthew do that? Well, Matthew wants us to see Jesus as the promised Messiah, rejected by the Jews who choose to willfully murder the Savior of the world. And while they thought they were accomplishing their stated objective, God was accomplishing his. He means to show us that every part of this narrative, every coincidence in the storyline is being executed like clockwork, even in what seemed like perilous chaos to his followers. So, what are we to make of such masterful execution? If God is in complete control of the darkest hour in history, how is he not in complete control of this moment and precisely what is occurring in our lives? How do we move from chaos to confidence? How do we move from anguish to anticipation? How do we move from worry to winning? Well, the answer is in verses 36 to 44. Here in these verses, we find Jesus praying in the garden, and he instructs his disciples also to watch and pray. As he carried those men closest to him, I like to think of them as his discipleship group, he told them how deeply grieved he was. And he goes a bit deeper into the garden and begins to pray, not once, not twice, but three times. Sometimes we need to get peace when the circumstances of our life seem misaligned with the purposes of God. Sometimes we need to ask some folks to pray alongside us and go deeper into the garden of God's presence to get alone with him. It may take us one, two, three, or even more times to surrender our will to God before we find the peace that we are seeking. But peace will come when we surrender our will to his. When we pray, Father, not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus, thank you for being in control when everything seems to be spiraling out of control. 
Thank you that we can trust you with the darkest moments of our life, knowing that God will work out what he was working into our lives, and that his plans are never in doubt, his purposes are never in question, not even for a single moment. Thank you for this life-giving truth that brings us such peace amid the difficulty of our lives. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.